0: I just want to read two short uh, paragraphs from the book, The Power of Coincidence, and I'm on page 28 first. Everyone and every event in life's drama is part of the metaphor of our journey. The issue from an old relationship may not be how bad he was, but how much I needed to learn. Most of us keep meeting partners who show us exactly where our work is. Our wounds are openings into our missing life. Often the only way a lost piece of ourselves or of our history comes back to us is through another person. The unknown is scary. So just the right people come along who help us go there. This is synchronicity. The only mistake we make is hanging on to some people too long or too briefly. We take them as literally themselves instead of as themselves and forces that have come to boost or chide us. And then one other part. Now I'm on 33. You meet someone who captivates you. By synchronicity, you meet up with this person again and again. You are excited, and you presume this must be the force of destiny. Or else, why would I meet him so often? You believe he is your soulmate, but in reality, he turns out to be the trickster who takes all you have and leaves you flat. There was indeed a connection between you but it was not the destiny you imagined. It was karma. You met him so you could learn something, not so you could live happily ever after in his embrace. This appears to be a negative synchronicity, but it becomes positive when you have gained knowledge of yourself from the experience. You have learned not to seek revenge, but to let go. And of course, to be more careful next time. <laughs> so. so at the end of a relationship, we have once again the synchronicity of meeting up with our work. What is our main work? To let go of our ego in favor of our Buddha nature. Our ego self-centered Entitled, wanting to be in control, ultimately based on fear, our Buddha nature, committed to loving kindness, continually opening to wisdom. bringing healing to ourselves and others. We have both dimensions in us. And the end of a relationship confronts us with the two options. Do I go with the ego's favorite sport, which is revenge, for how I was disappointed or hurt? Or do I go with my Buddha nature, and act with loving kindness from a place of wisdom so that healing can happen. And the fact that an ending could sometimes be very hurtful because the other person has found someone new, has been unfaithful, Broken the trust. What is actually occurring is an opportunity to go through this without having ego at the helm. To go through this from the place of our true nature, our enlightened nature the wisdom, love, and healing that's inside of us to keep going there rather than to respond in kind, to respond with grudge, to come from a place of, how dare you do this to me, I'll get back at you. So this is what I mean by Everything, even an ending, is giving us an opportunity for spiritual practice. What is this spiritual practice? Very simple it's to abandon the ego style in favor of a higher life that's in us, where love is at the helm. And of course, we're not fooled. The ego style of revenge is yet another way to avoid the real feeling that goes with any ending, which is grief. So as long as I can be caught up in making this a messy divorce and getting back at her or him, then I put off the grieving part. as to go into the grief, but to do so from a more spiritually aware place makes the experience of the ending into something valuable. And our, our other theme that there's always a mystery. So in every ending, there's uh, something, Uh, that we probably will never fully understand. I'm thinking of that line from The Little Prince. It's such a secret place, the land of tears. How did he ever think of that? It's such a secret place, the land of tears. Like when you grieve the ending of your hopes the ending of the expectations, the ending of the connection, it's a bigger grief than just about this person. It is picking up on all the times that you were abandoned, disappointed, and hurt. It's gathering them all and you don't even know which ones are included that's why it's the grief is such a secret place mysterious but when you're willing to go there then you have taken advantage of the coincidence between an ending and an opportunity Because the ending did not happen on January 21st. The ending happened in the... That's chronological. The ending happened in the kairos, the special moment at which you were offered the chance to go beyond the ordinary ego set of responses. By ego, I mean egotistical. Everybody get the idea? Could you explain what you just said? That mean- okay, that, you're, that, that the event of the ending of a relationship, their f- final nail on the coffin, that the event has revealed something about you and the relationship, and what it was all about. And you feel the grief of how your hopes are now definitely dashed. And when you go into that, instead of, how do I get back at him or her? How do I maintain my entitlement? How do I get back in control? How do I stay... Uh, self-protective, self-centered, self-encapsulated. When you say, oh, this is my opportunity to go into a pure grief reaction, the kind of ouch that is not interrupted by blame Revenge or hate. Just the pure ouch of pain. When one goes this way, one has gained from the experience. And it doesn't matter what the other person is doing he wants to do it in the vengeful ego way you're just feeling compassion for that what a challenge what a challenge because that little ego wants to get in there and make him or her feel just as bad as you do that doesn't come from the Enlightened part of us. That comes from the little hurt child who still believes in heaven and hell. Okay, any questions about this part? Okay, so before I forget, let me go to the other poem because I think you'll enjoy it, and it kind of fits with all this. In this one, she uh, makes the connection with religion. <clears throat> uh, the, the second word of the poem is seeded, C-E-D-E-D. Ceded. Uh, ceded, like a, a one country cedes territory to another. It's to give up or give over. So she's going to say, I'm ceded. Uh, they gave up their rights to my territory of my psyche, they, my parents, and my religion. They, they no longer own me. They ceded me back to myself. I'm seated. I've stopped being theirs. The name they dropped upon my head with water in the country church is finished using now. And they can put it with my dolls, my childhood, and the string of spools I finish threading too. Baptized before without the choice, but this time Consciously of grace, unto supremest name, call to my full, the crescent dropped. Existence's whole arc filled up with one small diadem. My second rank, too small the first, crowned crowing on my father's breast, a half-unconscious queen, but this time Adequate, erect, with will to choose and to reject. And I choose just a crown. Get the idea? (laughs) So she's saying, oh, they gave me the name Emily. That's just a little crescent moon. I want the full moon. I'm going to give myself my own name. They baptized me. They, They kept me. Uh, lying on my father's breast, depending upon him. I'm done with that. Now I'm standing up on my own. Imagine her saying this in Victorian times. Emily yeah, it's Emily Dickinson. And the name of the poem is I'm Seated. So that would be an example of when you go into this, shall we say, more uh, liberated style, and that would be like the next step after the ending of a relationship. That would be your poem to recite. <laughs> I'm no longer crown. I'm no longer crowned with a little crown and crowing on my father's breast like a little little bird. I'm no longer in that position. Now I'm free. I'm standing alone. Instead of, I'm alone, lonely, it's, I'm finally able to be my own self. This is the kind of freedom that we probably fear the most. Makes us wonder, well, is this why I always wanted relationship? Because I was afraid to stand on my own? Brings up those kind of questions. And, of course, you met just the person who would make you ask that question. (laughs) So let's take a look at our uh, little set of um, comments, affirmations, from our, our book, Power of Coincidence. Does everybody have a copy? Somebody need one? I have more. Oh, okay. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you. Were there more? Were there any more on the? There's one there. Can you get the one from her? And is there another one? Right there. Everybody now have one? It says affirmations when facing a predicament. So we're going to go on to this, and then we're going to do a short exercise exercise just for a few minutes where you can share with each other. So Mark, uh, put a comment or a check near the one of these that's most challenging. As I summon up the courage to face things as they are, without self-deception or wishful thinking, a light shines from events and my predicament becomes a path. That's the coincidence. That the very predicament that I'm in is the path to my growth. So in a sense, that summarizes all that we've been saying. The predicament, coincidentally, is the path, as opposed to the predicament interrupts the path so dorothy in the predicament of being locked into the room by the witch with the hourglass uh, and her and the witch saying when that hour when the sands run through you'll be dead that predicament was her actual path to liberation. Since all predicaments teach and awaken me, I can be grateful for them all. Imagine beginning to have gratitude for the predicaments because everyone offers the opportunity for spiritual practice and psychological growth. May not always see it right away, but it's in there. Therefore, I do not push my predicament away. I find a way to lean on it. Interesting, that word lean, find a way to lean on it. In other words, somehow it supports me because it opens up some new possibilities. I choose how do I do this? How do I lean? First, I choose to have no escape hatch. I'm not going to try to get out of this right away. I want to stay here long enough to see what it's really about and what it offers. I'm not trying to fix or control it. I'm just letting the chips fall where they may. Let's just see how this plays out. My yes to what is and to how I and others are, is unconditional. In other words, I'm saying yes to the way this is, yes to the way I am, and yes to the way others are. This is how I lean on the predicament. Third way of leaning. Now I trust that everything that happens to me is somehow a grace a gift from the sacred heart of the universe, a light that will not go out, something unfolding me and unfolding in me. And of course, if you can't actually believe that, you would just say it as an affirmation again and again until it started to be real for you because people walking around with that kind of trust are going to be stronger in the world than the ones who say this. Nothing that happens gives me any grace at all. Every light will go out. Nothing is unfolding me, and I'm not unfolding at all. That's not going to get you anywhere. So you may as well do this one, whether you believe it or not. (laughs) and also the way I lean on my predicament, I say yes to the path with heart. I got that phrase from Jack Kornfield from the book. That the path that has heart in it, like at the end of a relationship, the one that has heart is the one with no revenge, no grudge, no resentment. I want to say yes to that path. And then finally, we how do we go to the path with heart? We bring loving kindness into our practice. And we say, by the way I handle this predicament, may all beings, not just me, may all beings be happy and free of fear. They no longer fear their predicament. May all people find the path to unconditional acceptance and contentment. The very thing I was looking for, may they all find it. When you open it up that way, that's leaning on the predicament. Lean, get support from. As opposed to, I hate it. I've got to get out of this. Everybody following so far? So if you could just, we're just going to do this for about five minutes. I'll ring the bell when the five minutes are up, and each person, take a couple of minutes each, and just say to your partner, just the person next to you, uh, which one of these touches you or is a challenge for you. Okay, you can begin now.